morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Thank you to our generous underwriters on Sharper Iron, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. And Luther Classical College, a college for Lutherans by Lutherans, opening in fall 2025. Learn more at lutherclassical.org. On this Wednesday, September 28th, we are studying Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 13. Moses has finished his three sermons in Deuteronomy. He knows that his time as the earthly leader of Israel is coming to a quick end. As his own words to Israel are about to be done, Moses uses those words to encourage Israel and Joshua to remain true to the Lord's word. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us returning guest, Pastor Richard Mitwitty. Pastor Mitwitty serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Pastor Mitwitty, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Thank you, Pastor Apple. It's great to be here. So let's talk a little context today, Pastor Mitwitty. What should we know as we prepare to look at these verses from Deuteronomy 31? Well, that, as you said, Moses is uh, finished up his big three sermons that he's given to the Israelites as they're going through hearing the the reading of the law again in Deuteronomy and uh, getting ready to finally go in and take possession of the the land that uh, God has uh, promised to them and directed them to to, to, to go. So um, it's getting near the end here for him. That's right. Professor Harstad suggests that these last chapters of Deuteronomy can be considered supplementary material. You know, Moses still has a few things to say, even after he's finished his sermons. And I mentioned to the, the pastor in the previous show that, you know, that that's a good pastor right there. He finishes his sermon, but he, he still has things to say. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah the, uh, the, the congregation always knows that, don't they? <laughs> that's right. So, so Moses, Moses still has encouragement to give, even here after he's finished his primary sermons. We're going to hear uh, words that are familiar, new material as well. Focus on Joshua will we'll return here in, in this chapter particularly, and even in the part that we've got today. We get the first 13 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 31. We turn to the text. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head, as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them, as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. 
Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years, at the set time in the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. That's our text for today. That's Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 to 13. So set the scene for us, Pastor Mitwitty, in those first couple of verses as Moses begins his, again, his closing remarks here in, in Deuteronomy. Got more to say. How does how does he get started? Um, well, I, I'm sorry, but not sorry, that I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't resist seeing some of the Lord of the Rings similarities here. Sorry, raised on movies. Anyway, um, and, and I thought of the the, uh, of the 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 birthday party for Bilbo Baggins. His birthday in his speech. It is <laughs> the speech that he gives in the Fellowship of the Ring movie. He says, uh, "Today is my 111th birthday. I'm going now. I bid you all a very fond farewell." <laughs> but, and Moses is similar. He says, "I'm 120 years old today. I'm going now." Oh, but I've got a lot more to say. In fact, three more chapters worth here. And, and even Deuteronomy itself is, is kind of like second breakfast here. It's where, where Moses offers a second reading of God's word to the Hebrews before he goes out to the gray havens. And then he appoints Joshua, like Frodo, to, to carry the precious God's people into their, their next adventure going on here. But uh, um he starts out with, yeah, it's been 120 years. It has been a, a, a long time. I've, right. I've been with you, and um, it's, it, it's, I'm done. It's, it's my time to go. Um, that uh, the, um, um, uh, the, 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 the change is coming, and I'm, I'm announcing that to you now, kind of making it official, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, we we have heard Moses, and it's been a while because most of the book of Deuteronomy, that that long second sermon, has been him giving commands. But if you go back to the very first sermon in the book of Deuteronomy, chapters one through four thereabouts, Moses says more than once that he doesn't get to go into the promised land because of what happened when he struck the rock. He, he's mentioned that several mm, times, right. and and here we do see that he knows and he's announcing, and and it does have a a sense of finality knowing that we're coming to the end of the book of Deuteronomy here that that this is this is it now as you said he's not done talking he doesn't make quite the exit that Bilbo Baggins does but but he does you know this is it's coming to an end his age is is striking he's 120 years old today uh, talk a little about Moses's age um, well, we, we don't know exactly what the significance is of that. A couple of things might be that uh, it, it marks three 40-year periods of, of events in Moses's life, 40 years uh, before he went into, um, uh, into Midian, then, then, then 40 years of, of, of doing that. 
and, 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 and going back to Egypt and bringing the people out and then 40 years of wandering in the desert. So there's three, these three 40 year periods. Um, and, uh, but, but, but I guess one other one might be that, uh, apparently in Egypt, 110 years was, was considered the, the lifespan of a very, of a very wise, you know, Egyptian man. So maybe they're one upping the Egyptians once again with, (laughs) with 120, not just 110, a kind of, you know, uh, once again, showing uh, the the superiority of the one God over the, the, the gods of the Egyptians, um, but basically, we, I don't think we really know what, what's, what's the uh, thing there. Sure. And, and, and if, if nothing else, right, that's how long he actually lived, was 120 years. Right. And, and we know that from the scriptural account. You, you mentioned the, the threefold breakdown of the, the 40-year segments of his life. 40 years there is the, the prince of Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness of Midian and being a shepherd for his father-in-law, and then 40 years going back to Egypt and then leading the people out and wandering in the wilderness, that brings him to 120 years. Right. That that number for us, I mean, strikes us as a very old man. And and so, you know, it, I suppose on in that sense, that when he says, I'm no longer able to go out and come in, was like, well, that kind of makes sense. Moses, you're 120 years old, of course. And yet at the same time, it, when we get later in the book of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 34, verse 7, Again, we find out that Moses was 120 years old when he died, but there, the the writer of that, who's probably Joshua, there Joshua says that Moses's eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. So even as a a 120-year-old man, apparently Moses was still quite youthful or or still quite able to do what he was doing. And, And Professor Harstad mentioned this in his commentary that, that perhaps this matter of no longer able to go out and come in has less to do with Moses ability. He, he very well could have been quite able to continue to do the job he was doing, but he's no longer able to do this because this is what God has said to him. Uh, and I, I find, I found that a helpful point because it is a reminder here that Moses didn't just get tired. And so he retired and then <laughs> died, but actually this was, this is God's doing here. The, the change of leadership is is God's direction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 partly Moses is doing because he has um, he, he doesn't mention that I'm not going in because of it's because of God it's also because I messed up, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and so that's he, he he doesn't mention that, but uh, uh, he uh, yeah so. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't mention it here specifically, but in in the fact that he does say, you know, the Lord has said to me, "You shall not go over this Jordan." There's there's probably, hopefully, in the people's minds, they're going to remember why the Lord said that to him. I I, I would imagine that's on Moses's mind too. Yeah, sure, and and on the people's mind too, because they realize too that they that they also have have, have done similar. They they're not without blame at all too. So. Sure. Even even this new generation, and this has been a theme of, of Deuteronomy, this new generation is to learn from what happened to the generation that came before it, those who died in the wilderness. And now Moses is the last one to die before entering the promised land. Right. You know, the, yeah. the fact that Moses doesn't get to go in, is it, it's a good reminder here for the people of the reason why, and then spurring them on to faithfulness where the previous generation had been unfaithful. Yeah. And, and, and that really is Deuteronomy kind of, you know, uh, 
through Moses, God reminding the people that they are indeed a very precious, you know, people to him. They uh, and, and 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 he needs them alive. He needs them to to carry out uh, what 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 God is is, is desiring here. Um, even even in their disobedience and their lack of trust in God, he, he, he still loves them. He still wants to be with them. And that, that's why I think verse 3 there is, is really wonderful. It says, the, the, the Lord your God himself will go over before you. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that is so great. You know, that it, it's such a simple sentence, but it's, but it's so deep and rich with the comforting promise for them that, you know, God, you still belong to God. He still wants to be with you. He's still going to lead and be with you uh, as, as you as you progress on. Um, and it's comforting for us, too, because we're, we're not without blame either. We, we disobey. We, 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 we lack trust in God. You know, we sin. And even then, God still wants to be with us. And not only be with us, he wants to forgive us in um, uh, Romans 5, you know, but, but God shows his love for us, even that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, you know, even in our sinfulness, God not only loves us, but he, he sends Christ to die for us. Um, hmm. And uh, that's, that, that, that's some great gospel in there that, uh, you know, the, the Lord, your God, he'll, he'll go before you. He will be with you. And, and same for us. Uh, we've, we've we've got a bad track record too, and and yet he still wants to to, to be with us. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful promise from God as they prepare to go over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. What what strikes me about verse three, and just thinking about this section as a whole, and and even into the text that we'll pick up next, the rest of Deuteronomy thirty one, is the the fact that you just looking at the way Moses arranges this, he says. I'm not going to go over the Jordan River with you. And he's going to say that Joshua, Mm. he will lead you over. But before he mentions Joshua, he brings up the fact that the Lord is the Mm. one who goes over Mm. before them. And that that I, I find so significant that even as the people are going to have someone different standing in front of them that they'll see, They've been seeing Moses for 40 years. Now they're going to see Joshua for, for his time. In both those cases, it's actually been the Lord leading them. Mm. And that, I mean, I, I find that to be a very significant comfort to the people of Israel at this time, because the, these this new generation, they grew up and all they've known is Moses as the guy. Mm-hmm. He dies. What now? Mm. Well, Moses seeks to put their trust first and foremost in the Lord who leads them. Mm-hmm. And and then, I mean, certainly Joshua plays an important role, but I, I just love the way that he he puts the Lord's leadership at the very front. And I find that very comforting. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. I, good point that he brings up Joshua in a bit, although the people know that Joshua has kind of been appointed already. I, I think that was somewhere back in numbers that, you know, that indicated that Joshua is, is, is going to be the fifth successor. But, uh, yeah, what 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 a what a great promise! To remember, this is who's leading you, everybody. Remember, it's the Lord your God that brought you out of Egypt, not me. Moses could say so. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, just as and and what a, again, what a promise that as the Lord had been the one to lead the people out of Egypt, 
using Moses. Now the Lord will be the one to lead the people into the promised land through Joshua, making use of his servant Joshua. That's just a wonderful comfort. Talk a little bit about this, uh, the fact that it is the Jordan River that they cross over, this idea of crossing the waters. That's an important thing when it comes to, you know, the exodus from Egypt. We'll see it in the book of Joshua, which we'll pick up next on Sharper Iron when that actually happens. But this idea of of crossing through the waters and the Lord being the one to lead through the waters, that's a that's a loaded scriptural image there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, when you think about that, you know, going through the waters, going through that, you, you, you can't help but think of Isaiah 43, I think there, the, the kind of the famous lines, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. There it is again. I will be with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That God is with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. So this imagery of, uh, of, of, of passing through, through the waters here, that's a, can be a dangerous thing. And this big change of going into this into this kind of dangerous land that that, that, that they're going into here, um, yeah, the the, the, the um, crossing into the water, the, uh, the the real significance of that, especially at the, at this location here. Um, well, as as Joshua comes into the picture here, um, he he becomes kind of a, a picture of Jesus. I think at this point yeah. of, of, of leading the, the people through, through, of God's presence with them. I mean, you know, God says, uh, you know, I will be with you. I will not leave you. Um, you know, that really is, um, that's, that, that's Emmanuel, you know, uh, yeah. that, and uh, that the, uh, um, the, the idea that God is with them, is is a uh, it, it, that he is truly present uh, with them, and um, I think Joshua becomes kind of a picture of Jesus because um, Moses is not able to go into the water. Okay, he's not able to lead them anymore here. He, he he's not able to cross the Jordan, and and but Joshua does. Joshua encounters the river. And, and, and crosses it, and, and Jesus does as well. Uh, he would, Jesus would be baptized in the Jordan River, most likely, probably, and, and I, I fully accept that it's right in that area is where Jesus was baptized, is where the people crossed into the promised land, is, is right there in that same area of near Jericho, Bethany, beyond the, the Jordan in that area. So I think this is significant, you know, here— this is where this is where Joshua leads the people into the water, and this is where Jesus, you know, comes out of the water. Um, Joshua comes out of the water to lead the promise in <laughs> into the land of promise, and and Jesus comes to fulfill that promise. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as as he, he 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 Moses can't get in the water, but Jesus does. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, and and. and, and Go ahead, go ahead. Well, and now if I if I can just I mean, you know, now he's in the water of baptism for us so that that when we go into the waters, that's where we pick up a Jesus, where that's where he is for us as the one who has fulfilled all these these promises of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that fulfilled the promise of the Savior when we cross through the waters from from death and then in, you know, into death and then into life. We have Jesus as our as our righteousness. That happens for us when we cross the water too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there and there's this um, uh, uh, the 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 idea of uh, 
what oh, sorry about that stumbling all over that one the the the, the promise of God I, I, I remember a, in a, a test that I had in in, in a class one time the, the, the question is what's the most important thing that the people of Israel take with them into the new land hmm. and, and a lot of people answer the Ark of the Covenant you know which does get mentioned here down down the in, in, in the reading later on they mentioned the Ark of the Covenant as the most important thing um, which it is important because it's a you know kind of a the, the, the symbolic presence of, of, of God there with, with, with the people. But, but I think the most important thing that the people bring with them is the promise, the promise of God, of the Messiah, who, who, is, to, who is to eventually be born in this land and fulfill the promise, kind of making it the promised land because the fulfillment of that promise is going to happen in this land. And of course, that's where Jesus is born in this, in, in this, in this, in this land. So, so Joshua brings the promise into the water and Jesus fulfills that promise and, 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 and brings it out. Um, I like it. Yeah. 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 So, and, in, and this is why the Lord makes this promise to, to bring his people into the land is precisely so that he can fulfill and will fulfill that promise to send the savior or as, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. So it, it keeping, keeping into the, the text here as the Lord makes these promises and Moses reminds the people of the promise. Again, the Lord's the one to go over before the people and he does so in order to do some pretty amazing things. What does Moses say that the Lord will do as he goes before them into the promised land? Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's the, not, not only am I going before you, I'm going to do things for you there. <laughs> um, hey, re- remember those? Remember the spies when they went in and they came out and said, oh, we can't go in there. Those people are too strong. They're too mighty. They're too powerful. We can't do that. Um, well, God's got that covered. He's going to destroy them. You know, he, the, 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 these are evil people, and he's going to uh, he's going to destroy them. You know, the, the spy should have trusted the first time. <laughs> now the people are trusting that, uh, uh, that that God is going before them to do things for them there, and not just to not just to destroy evil people, evil nations here in much more in in, in this land. In, in this promised land, God is going to destroy evil itself because of the fulfillment of the promise the, that through this chosen people, one day a chosen anointed one will come to destroy sin, death, and the devil. All of those things are God is going before them to destroy all of these things and one day, eventually, this promised one is coming to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, and Moses speaks about these things as as if they're a done deal, because they are a done deal, because the Lord has has promised them. I mean, just the the confidence with which Moses speaks to the people here, you know, for a guy who's about to die at the age of 120, mm-hmm. it's it's quite striking. And he can do that because he he knows who the Lord is and he's seen what the Lord has done. And, you know, in verse four, where the Lord says, or Moses says that the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the King of the Amorites. We've, we've heard about that previously in Deuteronomy, Mm -hmm. how the Lord has 
given his people a, a foretaste of what he's promised in full. They've got this land on the east side of the Jordan River. They've defeated these kings on the east side of the Jordan River as a, a down payment or a guarantee of what will come. And, and so, you know, he brings that up again here. Remember what the Lord did for you already. He's going to keep doing that for you as you go over. And so you get these, these wonderful words then in verse six, and we'll hear this several times. It's, it's a common refrain, I think, at the end of Deuteronomy and then into the book of Joshua, be strong and courageous. How does, how does Moses wrap this little section up before he moves on to Joshua then? Mm. Yeah, that's a very, very you know, familiar line, probably thought about be, be strong and, and courageous, you know, you know, be, be tough, be strong. Coaches love, love to use these verses <laughs> you know, to, to, to get their teams fired up and things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, God knows about these, these evil nations that are, that are out there, uh, but don't be afraid of them. Um, again, God is with you. He's going before you even. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Um, again, the, 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 the Lord is with you. And what, what, what great comfort is, that is for us today, you know, just to, always to think, man, the, 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 the Lord is with us. The Lord is, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. Yeah, things may be terrible. Things may be, you know, very, very confusing and, and, and disheartening. But the Lord is always with us, and that's maybe we just take it for granted too much. And and, and even even when we greet each other in in worship, you know, when the, the, the pastor say, "The Lord be with you," and we respond, "And also with you, or with, with thy spirit," um, it, th- th- this is not some sort of mystical wish, you know, to say, "I hope that the Lord will be with you." No, we're stating a fact. No, the Lord is with you. The the the, the Lord continue to be with you. The, yeah, so I mean that that really should we, we we can think when we hear that you know the Lord is with us. You know, yeah. Each time we hear that, we just say it kind of in passing. And Lutherans even joke about it. You know, the, uh, I, I I I can't get this microphone to work, and also with you, you know, is the is the response sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. So what what great comfort that is that we just kind of let slip by too often, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and and that that really provides the meaning for what that strong that strength and courage actually is. Unlike a a football coach who might say that to his team and and try to inspire the strength and courage from within the players, here the the strength and courage is a gift from outside the Christian and, and outside the people of Israel. The strength and courage comes because you know that the Lord is there with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. That's where the strength and courage comes from. It's not something we have to muster up from within ourselves, mm. but it's God's gift to us from himself, from his presence with us. As you said, fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who is our Emmanuel. Yeah. We're going to take our break right there. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFUO. We're looking at the first part of Deuteronomy 31 with Pastor Richard Mitwitty. We'll be right back. Please stick around.
Did you know that Lutherans are helping new American immigrants get settled? How about struggling church workers in need of support and refreshment? And we assist at-risk children and provide disaster response to hurricane victims. Through LCMS recognized service organizations, we are doing all this and more. I'm Rahema Kavuga of Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and I don't want you to miss out on hearing what your brothers and sisters in Christ are up to. Visit interesttime.org to see how your support gives life to these works of mercy and love. What do you think of when you hear the word college? Expensive? Liberal? Woke? Imagine a college that is affordable. A college that is unapologetically conservative and Lutheran. A college that won't take a dime of federal funding. A college that teaches the best of our Western heritage. A college where students grow in the Christian faith instead of leaving it behind. This is Luther Classical College. A college by Lutherans and for Lutherans. Visit our website, lutherclassical.org. Subscribe, become a patron, and join the thousands who are making Luther Classical College a reality. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Wednesday, September 28th. We're studying Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 to 13, with Pastor Richard Mitwitty. He serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Pastor Mitwitty, prior to the break, we made it through verse 6. Moses encourages the people that they would know that the Lord is the one who's leading them over the Jordan. He will be with them. He will be the one to defeat their enemies for them. Therefore, they can be strong and courageous. Now, we know, and we've, we've referred to this already, that the Lord will do this through Joshua, Moses's successor. And so we see Joshua make an appearance personally in verse 7. Moses actually summons Joshua before him, and all of Israel gets to see this happen. And Moses has words for Joshua. Again, be strong and courageous. What, is, what does Moses have to say to Joshua here? Yeah, it's great that, you know, Moses is going on, you know, the Lord will be with you. The Lord goes before you and all this is, yeah, but you, you, you need somebody with skin on <laughs> to, 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 to lead you. And and, and and this is Joshua. And and he repeats the same thing. Be strong and courageous. It's just it, it, so it's not directing it at him here to uh, to 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 be aware of that, that he, you, you're going to need to be strong and courageous in um, uh, leading the people as, as really God's representative here to, to, to lead them. So if it just re- repeats all of that, you know, be strong and courageous, um, um, you're go, going with the people uh, to take possession. But in verse 8, it's the Lord who goes before you here as well you know he will be with you and he's directing that at 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 joshua and all the people you know are hearing that and seeing that and being reminded of that too so i i love how moses you know brings it down to 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 joshua and says it personalizes it now now you heard for all the people but now for you you know it's you know you you know the, the lord will be with you it's kind of like kind of like an ordination or an installation of a pastor is like you know the you know remember that you know the, the Lord is with you. The, the, these these people belong to God. They don't just belong to you. The, 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 these are God's precious people. You 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 take care of them here. So mm. yeah, no, I, I appreciate you bringing out the reference to an, an ordination because that's something like I had in my mind for this scene as well. Uh, either an, an ordination where and 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 although maybe this doesn't always happen this way, where the outgoing pastor is is blessing you know putting his hands on the mm. the new pastor and and kind of handing it over and again that's where I, I really appreciated the way Moses emphasized 
both to the people as a whole and now to Joshua personally, that the Lord is the one leading them. And what a, I mean, what a wonderful message for an outgoing pastor to proclaim to his people, you know, you're not going to be seeing me in the pulpit on Sunday morning anymore. You're going to be seeing this new one. Remember who it is who's leading you, dear congregation. It is the Lord. <laughs> you weren't you weren't following me, the pastor. You were following the Lord the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now you're still going to be doing that as you listen to this new pastor. And then a, a reminder to that new pastor, hey, the Lord is the one who's with you in this task. So, you know, and, and what a, I mean, just what a what a wonderful way for both Joshua and this new generation to put their trust in the Lord as they prepare to enter in the promised land without Moses. As you said, you know, it's it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be more than okay. It will go well with you because the Lord's the one who's leading you. And and now, you know, pay attention to Joshua. See him as your God-given leader. Listen to the word that he speaks in the Lord's name because the Lord's the one going over. I, I do think, I think the image of a, a new, a transition in a, a pastor, you know, an outgoing pastor, a new pastor, I think it's a, a good way for us to take a text like this and think about it in our own lives as Christians still. Mm-hmm, indeed. Yeah. And uh, to, uh, um, and, and in, in Joshua, it's a picture of Jesus, you know, it, it, right. it, Moses is saying that this, or as if God is saying, this is the beloved replacement you know, listen, listen to him near to the area where Jesus is baptized, where God says, this is my beloved son <laughs> of whom I am well pleased here. So, yeah, that, that's that, right. That, yeah. Great connection there. Well, and, and we talked a little bit about in Deuteronomy 18, where the Lord tells the people that there will come a prophet like Moses after him, and he's the one to be listened to. <laughs> and and that is fulfilled finally in Christ. He is the prophet like Moses, better than Moses even, yeah. to whom we must listen. Yeah. But you do see in, in this transition right here, and, and we'll see this you know, again in Deuteronomy, that that the Lord is, is fulfilling that in part, right? Remember that prophet like Moses who's coming after you need to listen to him? Joshua at least fulfills that in part. Mm-hmm. He, he becomes then, I think you use this language, a type, one who points towards Christ and the f- final fulfillment of that that promise. And I, I think we, we're right to understand those words in the background here yeah. of this transition that begins in, in Deuteronomy 31. So that, that, Joshua then has been, I'm sorry, Jim Moore. Yeah, that, that's great about, you know, that somebody greater than Moses, you know, you think, you think about Moses, Moses can't get into the water because of his sin. Hmm. Jesus comes out of the water to forgive our sins. So he's, yeah. he's, he's that's way better, I think. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Grace and er, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. as as John writes in his gospel. Yeah. So as, as the text continues in Deuteronomy then, and we will see Joshua come back again in Deuteronomy 31. But meanwhile, Moses now turns in, in Deuteronomy to the writing of the law. And I don't want to, maybe we don't have to make a ton of this, but I think it's worth seeing in verse nine that Moses actually writes down the law. I mean, he's been doing this orally, but here he actually writes it down according to God's command, which is just a reminder that Moses knew how to write. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People did know how, maybe not everyone, but people did know how to read. The the word is now written down. And what what a fantastic reminder just in the midst of the book that is God's word, here's an account of that word 
actually being written down by Moses. I don't want, I, I don't know. I just don't want to skip over it without at least mm. saying it that much that here is the word being written down for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. That's, that's why he grew up in Pharaoh's courts so he could be educated in being able to write. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that was all preparation for this, for this time to, to be able to write these things here. Yeah, yeah, and and Moses does right, and and we know. I mean, Moses wrote Deuteronomy. He's been speaking it up to this point, but now he writes it. You know what what precisely he writes at this moment in Deuteronomy thirty one verse nine is is maybe not entirely certain. I think at the very least we should understand him writing everything we read in Deuteronomy so far. Yeah. But but perhaps this I don't I'm not positive about this. Perhaps this is where Moses writes down all that we would call the books of Moses, the whole Pentateuch. Moses wrote those five books, whether or not this is the moment in time where he actually writes all of them down, or if he's been writing Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers already, that's not sure. But again, we do have the evidence. Here it is. Moses is writing down the law. At the very least, he's writing Deuteronomy at this moment. Maybe the whole five books of Moses, he's writing it down. What? A, and again, what a, what a wonderful example of God giving his word now in written form to his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have verse, verse nine there. I think it uses Torah for law, there, right. which could be the first five books, or it could just be a you know bigger, you know, general law word. So yeah, we, we sure. don't know exactly how many, how many, how many pages he had put in there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, right. But he is he's writing down the Torah, the word of God, whether it's Deuteronomy or all the, the books of Moses, but he's he's writing it down. And now he, he gives it. He gives it to the priests, those who are carrying the ark. He gives it to the elders of Israel, and he says, Okay, don't just store this away on a shelf for it to collect dust. Do something with it. So what is what is Moses? Why did he write it down? What does he do with it here at this point? Yeah, he wants them to to read it. He wants them to to to, to re- repeat it, to read it again and again and again. Um, especially this uh, on the Sabbath year, on every every seventh year to, to read these. I think less of a concern is exactly what did he write, and more of a concern of was this ever carried out? <laughs> did, mm. I don't think we have any record biblically, and, and I could be wrong in that, but just my general perusal is we don't have any record of this actually happening, of this mm. seventh year reading being something that was at least recorded. Um, uh, regardless of that, I think it, it appears that Moses was read every Sabbath during uh, Jesus's time. If, that we that we read that the you know, books of, of Moses were read, um, and uh, so so I think it's more of a concern of did they actually carry this out? <laughs> um, History would at, would at least on a regular basis right. every seven years, as Moses has it here. Yeah, because then when King uh, is it Josiah, I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah. This, you know, they find the law and they're surprised. So this kind of it doesn't look good that this was being actually carried out. Um, every- right. I think. I mean, you know, and and not having the entire the entirety of the Old Testament precisely at my fingertips, I think you see throughout the history of Israel periods of, of greater faithfulness to something like this, mm. and then periods where the unfaithfulness is so rampant that it's hard to imagine something like this happening. Yeah. I, I don't know that we ever find out in Samuel or Kings or, or any of those those books that record some of the history for us that you know it says, and the seventh year came and they read the book of the law as Moses right. had told them to do. Right. I don't think you see that. 
uh, but I, I think within you know certain time periods of faithfulness, it it could have happened even if it didn't get recorded for us. Mm-hmm. But what you mentioned about Josiah and and when he you know the book of the law is found and it's shown to him and it's read to him and he's. I mean, he tears his his clothes because he realizes just how far the people have fallen in their unfaithfulness. I, I think it it is fair to say that what Moses instructs here, it, it didn't last as faithfully as it should have throughout many of Israel's periods of history. Yeah, right. And and how we can safeguard against that today, you know, to 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 make it a, a priority to to read the scriptures, to be to be studying it faithfully, to be um, read Mark, learning and inwardly digesting it as as much as we can. So we should we should learn from this, you know, definitely that uh, God's word is, is is such a great gift to us in, in in law and gospel, and we we need to be taking that in more and more the, these days. It would seem. Mm. Oh, certainly. The, you know, the, the, the idea here of a regular hearing of God's Word is, is definitely behind what's going on here. And, and of course, this is, this is not the only hearing of God's Word that's commanded in Deuteronomy. This is a very public hearing of God's Word mm-hmm. and a, a, you know, a nationwide hearing of God's Word. But when you think about the book of Deuteronomy as a whole— especially chapter six comes to mind first where Moses tells the people hear O Israel, you know, listen up <laughs> the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. <laughs> and the people are to be talking about the word of God and speaking the word of God to each other in their families on a regular basis. You know, the, the language there is when you get up and when you lie down, wherever you are, whenever it is, the word of God is something that is meant to be heard and spoken. Mm. And so, you know, here we've got the the seven-year aspect of it in this very community, you know, liturgical way of hearing it. Mm. Very important still. Mm-hmm. But certainly this isn't the only place where Deuteronomy tells us to listen to God's Word. No, no, exactly. And and, and and Lutherans, we're pretty good about this. I mean, that we we recognize the importance of God's Word, that, that really there's no real relationship without God, with God, without His Word. We, we and, and God's Word is, it's not just it's not just stuff on paper or stuff we hear. It's, it's, it's God proclaiming to us what he's done and what he's going to do for us. What he's done, he's given us victories over in Christ over sin and, and through the difficulties of life. And, and then proclaiming that I'm going to continue to do this with you. I'm, I, the, the Lord your God is still going before us. And that's a promise in his word. And the, 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 the more that we read, the more that we hear, Really, the, just the better off we are going to be. <laughs> mm, that's right. Yeah, you, you can't really listen to the Word of God too much. It's it's that wonderful of a gift. That is how He reveals Himself to us. That is how He He reveals who He is, what He's done for us, and He does it so He does so still today. And again, you know, just to appreciate what happens in this text, that here the Word of God is not only something that Moses spoke to the people there on the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan River, and they were hearing it. But here Moses actually writes it down. You know, I mean, I think about in the recent chapters of of Deuteronomy, how often we've heard that this word is for you standing here in front of me, Moses says, Mm -hmm. but it's also for your children and for generations yet to come. Well, how is that word going to get to those generations yet to come? 
certainly by the speaking, as we were talking about, and the, the preaching, but also by the fact that Moses writes it down. You know, this is a, I mean, this is a gracious act on the part of God to provide for his word to be written down mm-hmm. so that, you know, in, in the case of King Josiah, where you've got that, that time in Israel's history, history where there's not too many people who have been speaking and hearing the word of God faithfully, there's still that book there that they find and they read God's word. You right. know, I mean, that's that's a gracious gift of God to provide for his word to be written down like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and an enduring gift that it's still the most published book in the world, as far mm-hmm. as I believe, and, and the most translated, I, I, I believe. So it's, uh, yeah, there's something special about this. It, it is truly God's gift to us to, to have it in, in this form of, of, of communicating words in, in this way to us. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, I'm, I'm curious if you have any thoughts as to the the command Moses gives in terms of the timing here. You know, the 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 law, the Torah, is to be read every seven years, and Moses specifies it's that it's in the year of release, so the year when debts are forgiven. Mm-hmm. That's when it is to be read, and it's to be done so at the Feast of Booths, which is the one where Israel comes together and they all live in booths for a time around the place where God has, has said his name, that will be Jerusalem, we know. Mm-hmm. so and, and that is to remember that the Lord preserved them during the wilderness. He brought them out of Egypt. They dwelt in tents while they, they wandered through the wilderness and he preserved them. I, I wonder if, if maybe there's a, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, but I wonder if maybe there's a, a connection there that the it's a good time to read the word of God when debts are forgiven. What is What does the word of God teach us hmm. that our sins are forgiven in Christ. And so it's, it's appropriate to hear the whole thing that year. And, and also that, you know, what does the word of God reveal? It reveals the Lord's, not only his provision for us as we wander through this life, but also his rescue of us from slavery. I mean, just both of those, you know, he could have chosen any time, I suppose, but both of those seem to, to fit with what the word of God is all about such that it it makes sense as to perhaps why those are the two reasons mm. or the two times that Moses specifies well, especially for the for the public reading of it for, for the right. for the assembly to gather in in the year of release because you know individually we're we're, we're released of our debt but as a, as as a group we we are all released of our debt and so we should all you know you know Pay attention to the God who is releasing, forgiving that 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 debt, and that's great timing. Then that we see that as a, as a type and pointing to Christ that we are not just money monetary; we're we're forgiven of the debt of our sin. You know, even the Lord's Prayer when it uses that you know that, that wording, "Forgive us our debts," uh, that 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 debt of sin. That as a and as an assembly, as a gathering, we hear that together. And, and receive that um, in, in a special way of the, knowing that together like like, like the uh, corporate confession you know, during during worship mm-hmm. is a is, is a very powerful thing I mean private confession is great but but for all the people together here to confess yeah yeah we, we are all the same sinners and we are all the same forgiven so I think there's something really powerful about the the assembly having it t- t- together and realizing just how how loving God is that it's not just me man there's millions of people billions of people that 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 God loves in all of his creation and has forgiven them mm-hmm. 
Talk talk more about the the who in this text, the ones who are commanded to gather. We've talked about, you know, the the reading of the word, but Moses specifically mentions men, women, little ones, and the sojourner within your towns. Talk about the the gathering here. This is a pretty all-inclusive event. Um, it, it is. And, it, and it's interesting. It's always been that way, that the sojourner or the kind of the Gentile, the, the, the non-Israelite, was always welcome to the assembly to, 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 be a, to, to become a part of this, quote unquote, chosen people here. Um, it, 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 it's, it's always been that. Um, and but it's, but also children <laughs> um, and uh, people that are outside of this group are are always to, to, to God's word of promise has always been for all people, not just the Israelite, <laughs> um, because because it, it, it is a it is a uh, a promise that is received by faith. And faith in Christ. and faith comes by hearing exactly, <laughs> and 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 faith in Christ makes anyone part of the chosen people here. Yeah, so it's you know even even non-believers. We, 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 I, I love having non-believers in worship. I mean, they 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 aren't actually you know kind of worshiping in a way, but but they are there to hear the the word of God, um, so that they can learn about what God has done and will do for them. Um, and so that they will begin then to fear the Lord. I think, as it says here, yeah, that the, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, so that they will respect, revere, and believe in in, in God. Yeah, and and that comes by hearing God's word. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the the outsiders have always been welcome to be a part of this because that's who it's eventually going to. It's eventually going to go to to Jerusalem, Samaria, to all the parts of the world, to the Jew and the Gentile. This is it's. You know, the, the 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 chosenness has always been by faith in those who who, who believe that the promise. So it's never been just about the Israelite. It's always been about everybody to, to be a part mm. of this. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, you know, and and as Moses speaks it particularly in reference to the children in verse thirteen, he says that their children who have not known it, who have not known this word, mm-hmm. that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. How how else will they come to know it? Unless they hear it, uh, that's they've got to hear it if they were, are going to know it. This is what Paul speaks about in Romans ten. Mm-hmm. How can they believe unless they hear? I mean, they they've got to they've got to hear it, mm-hmm. and and that's true of the sojourner, and that's true of of the little ones too. I, I mean, I, I just I love the picture here of, of all Israel coming together to hear the word of God, and I, I imagine that there were moments where. It wasn't exactly quiet, <laughs> knowing knowing that many people and children, you know. But but here still, this is all of God's people coming together to hear His word, and that's that's always a good thing. Yeah, it is, especially children. It's it's great to have them in church, you know. So sometimes we 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 double think that a little bit, but no, they, because they can hear. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they may not totally understand. Some adults don't totally understand. They they may not totally grasp it, but 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 they hear it. They're hearing, they're growing in it. So yeah, we uh, we, we 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 need their ears, and we we also get their their mouths in worship sometimes. Uh, but they, they they need to be there to hear. Uh, it, 
That's right. Yeah. And they and they need their they need to be there to to sing their praises too. Yeah. You know, Jesus didn't stop the children from crying out on Palm Sunday even though mm-hmm. his his opponents asked him to. Uh, and so they their their praises uh, go together with all the church as as they hear his word together. What a, what a beautiful thing. And for the sojourner too, even even those sojourners who may not yet have joined the people of Israel by faith, they need to hear the word of God too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I, I think this is part of the work that you do there at University Lutheran Church is, is those who, you know, I think you do some work with international students and part of your work with international students is that they would hear the word of God that they may have never heard before. Yeah. The, the, we have Christians and non-Christian you know, international yeah. students who are, or who are, you know, very interested in reading the Bible. Maybe even the Christians didn't really study the Bible that much or hear God's word. And, uh, and here's great opportunities for that. So yeah, we, 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 we especially love it when there's non-Christians there because they're maybe hearing for the very first time about this Jesus guy who maybe they were even taught in their country was a total mythological, you know, person. So, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's the the power of God's word is a, is an amazing gift to us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's what Moses is, is preaching in this text. That's what he's writing down in this text. So the generations that come may hear it, learn it, read it so that they may fear the Lord, your, the Lord, our God and do his words, believe in his son, Christ for salvation. Pastor Mitwitty, we got about two minutes here on the morning. Help us to, to wrap things up and help us to see Christ in this text from Deuteronomy 31. Yeah, yeah just think it as, as the way you were putting that there, that, you know, the, you know, Moses is saying, read God's word, you know, write, you know, hear God's word, be involved in God's word, all these things. That is precisely what he's pointing at when he says, the, the, the Lord your God will go be, himself will go before you. God is with us by his word. This is God with us, is, is God's word, because that's where we know about God. We know his promises, and that's been fulfilled in Jesus, who is, again, Emmanuel. That is God with us. He's the fulfillment of the promise of God's word that, that came to, 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 to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, down through the years. Now Moses has got it, and he's able to write it down. Very cool. To, to, to be able to do that, and but God's word spoken, uh, uh, written, signed, sung. This is God with us. This this is God's promise. You know, in in, in our ear holes, in in our in our eyes, um, taking in what God has said He would do, has done, and He's going to do through through Christ, who is the fulfillment of, 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 of the word. That's why Jesus is called the word, because he's 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 it. That's right. Pastor Richard Mitwitty serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas, helping us today with Deuteronomy 31 verses 1 to 13. Pastor Mitwitty, thanks for being our guest today. My pleasure, Pastor Apple. Thank you so much. I am your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. If you have any questions about Deuteronomy or the next book that we're going to be looking at, which is the book of Joshua, we'll be starting that shortly, please send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. We always love to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.